Hello and welcome to another episode of the Visual VC podcast. This podcast is your go-to resource for practical advice and insights on building, growing, and securing funding for your startup. I'm Daniel Zaturansky, your host, and today we'll be discussing the importance of storytelling when building your investor's pitch and share insights on how entrepreneurs can use storytelling to make their pitch more effective, common mistakes to avoid, and how to differentiate themselves from competitors in their pitch. Today, we have a special guest, Donna Griffith. Donna is a well-known pitch coach, corporate storyteller, and the author of the book, Sticking to My Story. The book is about discovering the barrier-breaking secrets to crafting unbeatable startup pitches. She's helped numerous entrepreneurs and executives to perfect their pitches and tell the stories in a compelling way. Some of her past clients include JFrog, Google, Microsoft, Visa, and many, many more. With the wealth of experience and expertise and knowledge in your field, you don't want to miss a single word from Donna on this episode. Let's get started. Hello, Donna. How are you? Hi, Daniel. Good to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Cool. So first of all, I'm, I'm really pleased to have you. It's such a big pleasure. Uh, and obviously, as you, may, you mentioned about your book, uh, this is we're going to speak about a little bit. And I'm really uh, enjoy that. And I think Thank this you. is a, a must have to any any entrepreneur, uh, a starting entrepreneur or growing entrepreneur. So this is good as for you on that. Uh, and so uh, tell me a little bit about uh, yourself. Um, and how you got into the storytelling uh, and pitching clients kind of work? Mm -hmm. um, that's always an interesting question to answer. And I always try to start from a different point in time because, you know, we're the writers of our story and we can choose how to author it. Um, so I'll start back in a shadow time of our times right now, 2008. <laughs> Remember that time. So... Um, it was crazy times. I had uh, been working for several years as a corporate uh, as as a corporate trainer and a communication mm -hmm. specialist for Boyer Communications Group in New York. And I was traveling the world, working with executives and teams at Fortune 500 companies, teaching them how to create and deliver compelling stories. And then, boom, everything froze, and and all enterprise companies started cutting non-essential training, non-essential travel, and all of a sudden my, my roster went black, like everything was canceled. And it was one of these very uncertain times, very similar to what people are experiencing now. Um, and after, you know, a while of kind of searching and what was I going to do, and I had never had a nine to five job, uh, I had the serendipity, you know, this happy accident of being introduced to someone who needed help with his speeches. And it happened to be a cardiothoracic surgeon, one of the leading ones in Israel. And uh, I worked with him on his speeches for his professional guilds. And then he told me about 
two medical devices he had created. And I, he said, could you help me? I'm supposed to go deliver a five-minute pitch for each of them in New York at an angel conference. And I had never worked with startups at this point. We're talking 2009. And I said, you know what? A story's a story. Why not? And I went, I, I worked with him relentlessly on perfecting these two five-minute pitches. And then at the end, he asked me to present on his behalf, which I don't usually do, but in his case, it was, it was acceptable. And we traveled to New York and you know, I was rehearsing and rehearsing and finally got up there, gave both the pitches. It went really well. And then the other companies got up to present. And I felt terrible for them. My heart just broke because... Mm-hmm. They didn't even get a chance to tell 20 seconds, 30 seconds of their pitch without being shot down. And I thought, why wouldn't they work with someone like me? Why wouldn't they hire someone? And then I was like, wait a minute. And I started doing some research. And nobody at the time was doing storytelling for startups. Nobody was even using the term storytelling or storyteller. It still was reserved for librarians and and festivals of storytellers. And I said, OK, that's my next audience. And and at the time, because what happens in a recession, so many people are out of work, they start startups. And I think we're going to see a huge surge of that happening right now. Already we see that happening. People leave you know, uh, what, uh, Google and Amazon, uh, uh, Meta, after 10, 15 years there, suddenly they don't leave. They're, they're asked to leave or they get onto their email in the morning and no longer have access and they have you know, salary for a year ahead. So finally, it's time to start that idea I've been thinking about for so long. And there were so many startups popping up that needed the help. And little by little, I started, you know, this demo day and this pitch event. And people started calling me in. And my name kind of became connected to storytelling and pitching. And uh, since then, 1,000 clients, $1.5 billion raised in total. uh, And I have the best job in the world. Wow. What a story. You definitely know (laughs) how to tell your story. (laughs) So let's start from with, with the basic the, the, about the power of the storytelling. How does storytelling play a crucial role in effective communication and business success? Why it's so important for us? So let me ask you, when you see a presentation and either someone who's pitching that you're helping out or just a presentation in general that's not an investor pitch, what are the moments that you remember? from it so I remember when a person tells about something personal about what is is how he started what is the reason for that so there you go <laughs> now, can, you, do, can you think back on facts figures numbers or anything from a presentation you've seen recently and, and uh, probably not so our brain remembers approximately six percent of whatever we are given in information and likely that 6% will be a story, a metaphor, uh, a comparison, something, an analogy, something that connects into our brain and makes us go, oh, that reminds me of the time that blah, 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 or ooh, I once, oh, I want to try that or something that connects to us because stories forge connections between people. Mm-hmm. And when we're connected, we remember those moments of connection and it builds trust 
And the takeaway from it that like, you know, an investor is going to go back and tell their partners, they're not, you know, they'll probably jot down the numbers and everything, but what they'll say is, oh, wow, we just met this company and they do this and that and the other. And they had this story that was really cool because you can remember the stories. We're not capable of just being able to spill out the numbers and the, 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 the growth and the LTV and the CAC and all these great numbers that you must have. But at the end of the day, what they're really going to take away are the stories. So basically, story talks to all of our, all of our senses. It connects all, all the senses. All of our senses. All of our senses. Every culture, every religion, every nationality tells stories. We grew up listening to stories. We go to family events, we hear stories. We sit down at a cafe with a friend to catch up, we tell stories. Stories are the basis of relationships. They're what makes us human. They're why we outlasted the Neanderthals and why I hope we will also out, outlast AI um, until AI learns how to tell meaningful and, uh, you know, empathetic stories, which it eventually probably will. But in the meantime, this is truly what makes us human. And if you ask ChatGPT anything connected to storytelling, it will tell you today, you know, I'm merely an AI. I am not human, so I don't have the capacity to tell the story and empathy. I can just repeat information. And it's a lot of information, and they're able to take it down, and AI is doing amazing things. And I don't know, I mean, here in Silicon Valley, we realize the pace this is moving at. But I think right now the story is more important than ever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you mentioned, obviously, story is very important, but how you differentiate uh, and make a story memorable? Because I can tell a story about myself, uh, can be, something can be boring and something can be more memorable. What, what the differentiation? Uh, or, or, yeah, what is... Uh, so, there's a, a saying, there's no boring stories, only bored audiences. And that's really true. So a story will be meaningful and memorable if you make it relevant to your audience. So if you're speaking to a potential client or a potential partner, you want it to be the story of their need and their pain wrapped into a story that you're telling, not necessarily about them. Nobody likes to think that they're the ones that you're talking about. If it's to an investor, it's the story of how the pain of the audience you're helping will make them a lot of money, that there's a true pain, there's a true need, and there's people that are willing to, to pay for it. So you need to find what resonates with your audience. You can't be talking super geeky speak with jargon and numbers and tech and bits and bytes to a non-technical audience. You're going to completely lose them. You will not look smart. You will look disconnected. So find the words, find the style, find the things that truly speak to your audience. Sit down and map them out beforehand. Think of what their questions would be. If you were sitting in their spot, what would you want to know? If you, you have to forget for a moment everything that you know about your company, it's very hard to do. That's why I, you know, I come in and I work with people and I come and I look from their perspective and from their audience's perspective at the same time and I try to create the messages based on the audience questions and, and their answers. But it's really remembering it's not about us. It's about the people listening to us. So first, you need to know your clients, you know your audience, whoever it's going to be. So well, so well. That's one of the reasons you know, I wrote in, in the back of the book, um, there's a whole section on investor questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's you know, a, a few dozen pages devoted to the questions that investors will ask you. 
and some suggestions for answers, but these are the things that you can really do research on and, and have the right answers mm -hmm. to the questions when they're asked. So if I, uh, I'm an entrepreneur, um, I have a great idea, I managed to get a, uh, a meeting with a VC, uh, what would be the most common elements that I need to include in my pitch? To so in the book, I talk about uh, the four chunks are the four acts of a play. And, and this is really storytelling at its most ancient. I mean, we've been telling stories since the beginning of time. The first recorded stories were cave paintings about 36,000 years ago, where people finally were able to, hey, this is what happened to us. A volcano exploded. A herd of buffaloes attacked us. And these were the cave paintings that told stories. And then language emerged. First it was hieroglyphics, and then it was uh, the Iliad and, and Greek tragedies and Shakespeare and Chekhov. And so through the years, we've seen storytelling happen in different modalities. So the classics wrote in acts. So there's act one, act two, act three, act four. And today even, you know, you go to Broadway, there's at least two acts of a play. Usually they crunch together in act one and act two, and then act three and act four, and then there's an intermission in the middle. So that gives our brain the structure that it needs to be able to take in information. So your four acts of your investor deck are the problem, the solution, the business to back it up, and what's next. Now, I know a lot of listeners out there going, oh, really, the problem, solution, seriously, that's the most innovative thing she can bring to us. I'm not innovating on the concept. Again, the concept is tens of thousands of years old. I did not create this concept. I was not around when the, when the Iliad and, and uh, Aristotle and all of them were, were writing. But I, I am taking that and kind of shaking the dust off of it and giving it you know, the application to your investor decks, your sales decks, because it works, because our brains really haven't changed hardware for tens of thousands of years. We have the same hardware. We've changed software a lot, <laughs> but our brains are structured the same. Kids learn language in the same way that they did back then, through repetition and stories and engaging with them. And, and it creates these neural pathways and all we're doing Going back to that very primal structure that people have in their brain, and they don't have the capacity for numbers and Excel sheets and hardware architectures. And so, give them what their brains are meant to take in a very structured story. And within each of these buckets, there's different things that you have to have in there that VCs expect to hear, but you can choose that order, which subliminally will just slide right into their mold. Mm. So let's repeat these four buckets. Is it a problem, okay. solution? The business plan mm -hmm. or the business data, the numbers to back it up, and then the, um, the aftermath, which a lot of people forget. So, so starting with the problem. First of all, there's like an overture. Like you hear the music playing before a play starts. That's going to be your vision statement. Very important to know your why, as Simon Sinek calls it. Why are you doing this? I, I sat with a group of um, Silicon Valley partners last week, and it was a panel that I was uh, leading with a group of visiting entrepreneurs. 
And one of the questions, you know, that came up, of course, was, you know, what's happening now? Are investments happening? And, and they kept saying that, yes, investments are happening, but you need to be able to show not only differentiation now, but lasting differentiation. And um, how they're going to see returns from you in anywhere from five to 10 years, likely, unless it's a quick and well, probably smaller exit. Usually the quick exits are a bit smaller. They want to see the big ones. So they're in it for the long haul. So in the next five to 10 years, how will you persevere in the face of changes and new technologies? What is your lasting differentiation? So that think further out five, 10 years from now, what is the change and the shift that you're making in your market? And then you want to talk about the problem. And, and as you said, the story of how you got started, the origin story is great. And I tell a few great origin stories of, of clients I've worked with in the book. Um, or a client of yours or a company you worked for and the pain that they were enduring. Because it's much easier to understand it when we hear it about someone. And then our brains can glom onto that and go, yeah, oh, I, I've experienced that. Or, oh, I know someone who experienced that. Uh, and then you want to transition into, okay, so what's missing? What's the gap between the problem and your solution? What solutions are out there? Why is it not working? What are the numbers to back up that there's a true need for this? And then you move into act two, which is your solution or your hero. If the villain was the problem, now you're the hero. Of course, we're not going to call it the hero when you're actually presenting. Simply be able to explain what it is that you do. And then how you do it. So the why, what, how. Mm -hmm. Show a demo. Show something that we can see. I mean, you've got resources like Pouching to be able to build these things out visually so you can see the actual user journey. So those are the first two chunks. Mm -hmm. And then in the business, it's, it's a lot of the things that you know and you should know. And then maybe a few little refreshers that I put in there, everything from the market size, go-to-market strategies, business model, competitive landscape. And then there's a silver bullet slide that I put in there called trends and opportunities, which is the urgency, why you, why now, and that's got to come in strong. And then the fourth act is not only your ask, but it's, okay, tie back to the vision statement. Now that we've gone full circle, we've seen what you're doing, we've fallen in love with your team and your product and, and Okay, now how is this going to take us from here, which is good to hear, which is amazing. Beautiful. I must say that in your book you laid it down very nicely and, and you took, took us uh, through the whole process. It's not necessarily only the storytelling, it's actually what you need to prepare for the pitch, what you need to know, to know about uh, your uh, VC, your investor, uh, and obviously how you how you go about it and, and what you need to prepare, what you need to do. So, so it's more, much, much more comprehensive than, than just telling the story. Uh, can you tell me or take me through some uh, cool example or cool story about that you went through with uh, a client of yours, something that you didn't write in a book, so I, I let the audience uh, kind of read the book with some amazing examples, but something like from, so you can share with us. Let me think of one that I can share that's uh, this recent. So um, I'm, I, I worked with a company that way before generative AI hit the scene, they've been working on actual AI entities and like the, the avatars that really interact like a human. 
Um, and we were working on the deck before ChatGPT was launched. So we had to really go into showing this vision of the fact that there will be these AI avatars or human-like AIs that will be able to take over roles like customer service and um, support within an organization and sales. Um, and then what happened was when ChatGPT came out, we needed to you know, tweak that slightly and now show the differentiation, even though OpenAI is out there, they've been doing the large language models for a while. They have proven contracts. They have proven things. They have all these products because a lot of what OpenAI is giving us is exactly that OpenAI, which is a platform that you can then do things on. And another thing the investors were saying the other day is fine, you know, if you have an infrastructural uh, uh, infrastructural AI company. Those are the things that are getting funded now. So we had. So sometimes it's about restoring your story, and and even being able to move fast. And I saw this a lot when COVID hit in March, April, twenty twenty. People were taking this moment to think, okay, I have this thing. It's not relevant right now. The world is shutting down. How can we make it more relevant? And boom, 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 pivoting tweaking, changing the story, changing the product. And sometimes as, as investors, as, as, uh, sorry, as founders, that's probably one of the most important characteristics a founder has agility, thinking fast, moving fast. So these are really the things that we want to, to look at. So any, any example of what story they, they said? I mean, you don't have to say the name of the company. What, I mean, they, what, how they deviated or what made them... Well, in their case, it was evolving out of another technology that they had worked mm -hmm. on for years that was in the mobility space. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a penicillin moment where they made this discovery that based on what they were doing for use case A, there was this whole trove of, of data modeling and, and language modeling that they were able to then take and give it a face and give it a voice. So you're credentialing yourself through something you were doing that was already a successful business that was already selling. And all of a sudden there was this opportunity to make it even bigger. So that is one example of a good story. And oftentimes we have to talk about a spinoff or a pivot. And if you spin it in the right way and you spin it out of a place of power, then that's going to be much more compelling to investors. Of course, they're going to want to look at the numbers underneath, but it's that moment of, oh, wow. Yeah, that, that was thinking on your feet. That was moving fast. Because mm. it's not only you telling the, the story to investors. You only also need to tell the story for your employees, uh, your internal clients. I mean, everybody, because all of a sudden when you're uh, pivot, it's not only you or investors. It's just the whole story. Just Everyone. Everyone has to be part of the story. And that's that's a very important point because right now, you know, in times of, of layoffs and in times of you know, tightening up the ship, it's very important to bring the employees that are there into the decisions, into the fold, understanding the moves that are being made. People don't like to be in states of uncertainty. Talk to your employees. Include them in this. Tell them, listen, right now we had no choice but to tighten up and lay off 20%. You are still here because your job is vital and we want to invest in you and we want to make you a partner of this. Really make them feel that need and give them, invest in them, make them part of the story. And obviously you need so much a story for, for their needs because the audience is different. Employees need to hear something else and to need, I need to feel uh, important 
uh, and valuable, right? Yeah, that's exactly what we said before, though, about knowing who's sitting in front yeah. of you. A story for a VC would be very different than a story for an employer, employee or for a client. You need to think about them, and you want to tweak your story towards them. And now, I, I, I know Sal Khan, uh, the head of Khan Academy. Um, my girls go to his lab school. And anytime he gets to speak, a, speak at a school event, and he's a parent, he has his kids there. He doesn't, you know, prepare the speeches the way he prepared his TED, but he just has this way of making people feel part of something and making people feel like they really count and they really matter. And that is the characteristic of, of an amazing storyteller and, and a true leader. Someone who you look at and you're like, oh, wow, I would follow them to the ends of the earth because I really truly believe them and believe in them. And sometimes it's, you know, it's not always happy things to hear from a leader. In times like this, sometimes it's, you know, hearing, but at least, you know, with a true leader, they can say, listen, we, we know we have to change. We're aware of things changing and here's what we're going to do. Let make someone feel like, oh, wow, there's somebody there watching out for us. There's somebody there that's, that's steering the ship in the right direction. Yeah, make them feel that somebody's care about you. Um, let's segue into the process of, of creating the story. I mean, when you get a client, what's your process and starting to work with the client? So first, um, my clients get prep work, a template and a cheat sheet that will help them organize all their data into a very specific order. They can take their existing slides and tweak them, move them around, or they can start fresh. Um, and the reason being is I, I do a pitch session. In two hours, I go into Donna GPT mode and I do it all in real time. And in order to be able to do that, I need the data structured. It, I can't, I mean, I can ingest a lot of data, but it, it's not like just unstructured big data. I need the structure as well for my algorithms to be able to learn it. In the same way that large learning models and, and, and language sets, there's a reason they're called sets. So it makes it easier for the AI to learn. Um, and then they send it to me, I review it, and then we dive right in in the two-hour session. The first thing I'll probably ask them is, tell me how you came up with this idea because it's usually not included. Sometimes there will be an origin story and I'll read it. And sometimes it'll be good. Sometimes it'll be not the best story to start with. So we have to dig a little deeper, not to make up a story, but to find the right story to lead in with because those first 30 seconds, minute, are going to be crucial whether you grab them. Another thing I'll look at is their numbers, their metrics, their, their KPIs. And if they show significant growth, if they show um, really exciting pipeline or engagement stats or something that I feel the investors should know up front, we'll create what I call a brag slide. Put the good news up front. Don't wait for it. Because then they're like, oh, wow, now you got my attention. I'm listening. And so we'll, we'll do that. And then we'll also decide whether the team goes at the front or later on. Anything that could cause questions that are not good questions at the beginning, wait on. You want to have that, that first, this is the falling in love, the first two acts. Um, and, and then we'll, once we've decided on the story, we'll talk you know, how we present the story, then how we transition from the problem to the solution, and then how we simplify the sentence of the solution, the simple solution statement. 
And that is always an interesting thing. And of course, we'll also work on the vision. Sometimes we'll leave the vision. If they don't have a clear vision, we'll leave it and come back to it at the end. Because once I've gone through the process of writing the problem, solution, and business, then the vision comes to me like, oh my gosh, what you're really doing here is. And we think of it in a way that they haven't even thought of it before. Because it's very hard sometimes to think that big when you're right now working so hard on the version you have right now. Um, and then we need to find the right sequence of telling the different number stories and which way it goes and what's the most compelling way to show your market, what's the most compelling way to show your go-to-market and your competitive landscape, what model should it take in terms of visual. Uh, and, and then, of course, at the end, your ask slide, the roadmap, the vision, the vision statement, coming back to it full circle and summarizing it all. So that all happens in two hours. Wow. So wow, this is, sounds like a, a long process, long and deep process. It's not long. It's two hours. Oh. It's just intense. And as we're going, I'm writing furiously and, and talking it all through and getting their feedback. And they'll either say, yeah, that's perfect. Or, you know what, we should add in that word. Can we add that phrase? Great. And then we kind of do it co-collaboratively on the spot. So I'm becoming their soundboard. I kind of think of it sometimes as like they've got these thoughts. All the, the team, the lead team members have these thoughts in their brain that are kind of tangled up and they're tugging at them to get them out and they can't. So I'm pulling out one thought thread and then another thought thread and then another and untangling them and then weaving them back together in a way that tells the story. So I'm not, it's not Donna's words, it's their words but purified and elevated and elegantly put in a way that they probably didn't look at because they're so close and their thoughts are so tangled. And that's, you know, the life of a founder. You're running, you're doing, you're, you're putting out fires and your thoughts get tangled. And then somebody will say, don't say it like that, say it like that, another tangle. Oh, you should say it like that, another tangle. And, and then what do you do? So I'm, you know, coming out, helping them clear that space and find the right way to cut through to the story. So when you're working with the client, what do you see the most common pitfalls or mistakes entrepreneurs make when they're crafting the pitches? So it's usually, most of the time, it's too much information that's not clear, that's very technical and jargony. Um, sometimes it's too little information. It's easier to build on the things that are too little information. Um, so we need to, you know, there just kind of take it back a step. Um, but in this case, we really want to find the moments that can be shaved away. That's why I want them to do some of the work ahead of time. It's really forcing them because a founder needs to be able to tell these stories. I'm there to just help them put it together in the right way. But you have to first clear the space of noise and data. So when there's too much noise, you can't do anything so first it's clearing that's that's the biggest thing to, to clear out the noise to clear out the unnecessary to to avoid this of like oh i should tell them everything because when you try to tell them everything nothing gets through so that's we coming back to know your audience first of all know what resonates with them and what they want to hear first that's great that's that's Absolutely. good advice um so let's a little bit uh, segue into the future of storytelling or pitching. Uh, 
We know that uh, AI is prevailing. We've got uh, ChatGPT, OpenAI, Bard of Google, uh, and obviously we, we're expecting to have more and more uh, of those uh, AI coming through. Uh, how do you see the AI advancement going to change the way people are telling stories? Or, or in pitching, what is what the, the news? What are so? I just put out an article um, last week about utilizing uh, the different AI tools that are out now mm -hmm. to help you with your pitch deck. So I've kind of taken my cheat sheet and mm -hmm. added like different layers of AI tools that you can you can add on to it. So it cuts the time significantly. You got to be careful when you're researching. And, and getting stats because there's, you know, ChatGPT was trained up until 2021. This is going to be fixed very soon, but some things are not current. Some things are not accurate. It also has this tendency to just make things up on the spot, which is actually a very human thing. The humans need to, but you, you want to make sure they're making up the right things. So I'm of the mind of brace and embrace. <laughs> We're not quite sure what lies ahead. We're not quite sure how fast it's going to really move and what it's going to replace. So embrace the tools that you can to improve on what you do, but brace for the change and up your game a lot. I'm sure you guys are thinking about that a lot as well sure. in, in your realm on, on how you're going to either incorporate, compete with, uh, uh, change and level up. Tell me, um, from your uh, you already you said you mentioned uh, you published some some chat sheet chat sheet. Um, sheet. Tell me one uh, one of uh, notable tools or two that you really kind of made me wow. Well, I think that the first thing that um, people are really going to be able to do is is to visualize things much faster. It's called the visual PC. <coughs> so much quicker, do a quick iteration and a quick transformation into, into visual things. Um, another thing that I think is going to become more and more accessible is auto GPT. Right now you kind of have to be a hacker to include it, but you can actually enlist AI to be doing research for you and to be compiling lists and to be looking out there. And it's right now it's very cheap. Um, seven cents a day, but you still have to be able to use all kinds of workarounds. I know that OpenAI just released 70 um, APIs to, to, to different places that I think, and that's for the pro users. So I'm, I don't work for <laughs> for OpenAI, um, but that's it, it's it's a good thing to have to be able to connect into these things and, and give it a face, give it a, 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 the, the the front end of what you need to do. Um, but you can also put the LinkedIn article into your um, show notes here so yes, people definitely. can really go back and, and look at the list. I'll publish it for sure. Um, so let me let, let a little bit speak about uh, uh, yourself since we are um, coming to the end. Uh, before that, um, as, a, as an entrepreneur, there are different levels of uh, stages of startup, right? If you're some people uh, seeking for uh, seed round, some seeking for a round, uh, what would you, what would entrepreneur expect uh, of if you want to work with expert like you uh, for story storytelling? What is the expectation for? What is the range uh, amount of they should? can put aside as a budget. I know 
there are different levels, but as, as a, like, let's say, an early stage entrepreneur, what would you expect to work? Uh, yeah. They're welcome to reach out and talk to me about my pricing. I know different people have different prices. Um, listen, a lot of people will say, you don't need an external person. You can do it yourself. And you can. Absolutely, you can do it yourself. And here, I just put the link there to the, the LinkedIn article. There's a lot of tools to help you do it yourself. The question is always looking at time investment versus money investment. And will it take you 10 hours? Will it take you 20 hours? Will it take you a month? And what else could you as the founder, as the CEO, CTO, CMO, whoever's working on this be doing in the time that you're struggling to tell a story that is caught somewhere in that tangle of, of words? And that's where bringing someone from the outside can be very helpful. Because if in just a couple of hours, I can help you untangle the weeds and get unstuck and get out there and move faster towards the fundraising, then there's going to, you know, there's going to be a price for that. And it's worth paying because, and again, I can't make that decision because early stage startups are very conscious of their spend, which is great and is very important. Um, but you need to also look at the cost versus your time and time is definitely not a commodity that we can buy more of yeah i so agree with that because once you're inside of it you're so invested and, and you can't see the, the birds from the trees uh, so it's definitely great to bring somebody in from outside and get the perspectives uh that's so true it's worth it definitely worth it um okay so let's say we, we are coming to the end and i wanted to ask uh, uh about you said guys Tell me a fun fact about yourself and any uh, recommended book or a podcast that you think uh, our audience would benefit. Um, so, a uh, fun fact about myself. Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> so... I don't know. I, I mean, I, I told this in the interview, if you listen to the end of the audiobook, um, but a friend just wrote me the other day. She's like, I just finished the audiobook and I didn't know that you acted, you were an actress in New York and on Broadway, like off Broadway and off, off Broadway, which is, which is the thing. But I really started off my, my first true passion was acting and I did commercials and voiceovers, which is, you know, I ended up narrating my own book. Um, and uh, so it just was something that I knew would not be enough. I, I, I knew that you have to hedge your bets. And I knew that the chances of succeeding as, succeeding as an actress, even if I was the best actress out there, it, it, it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. And it's also a lifestyle that I didn't necessarily want for myself. So I had to find something that matched that as well as possible. Um, another fun fact was while recording the, the audio book, if you saw me in the studio, I was constantly talking with my hands because then, and, and I kept like banging into the microphone and we'd have to like do another take. And, but at the end of the first recording session and each recording session was like two, three hours. Um, all of a sudden I, it, it told my watch, my Fitbit told me that I was at 10,000 steps and I'm like, what? Turns out that it counts your hand gestures as steps. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, there, I got to work out there in the studio. I didn't even realize it. Um, in terms of podcasts, I want to give a shout out to uh, Vince Warnock of uh, Chasing the Insights. Uh, Vince was my dear publisher and uh, 
book mentor coach the whole time through. I met him being interviewed on his podcast and he's from New Zealand. So it's a delight to listen to him. And he's just an all around amazing guy. And anyone looking at the cutting edge of marketing should be listening to him. He's, he, he's been on the cutting edge of the ChatGPT trend from the second. It was just in its very early days. So Definitely follow Vince and anybody interested in writing a book, I would suggest reaching out to Vince. Nice. Beautiful. Thank you for the recommendations. And, and definitely, I really enjoyed the audiobook uh, of your book. And, and it's really, now, now I can understand why it's so much, so much acting coming to it. And it's so, so fun to listen to it. And, and even though you're not going to, <laughs> to write any uh, pitch or, or tell any story for, for investors, but it's a, I really enjoy that. Um, so now, so great. So to, what you said now, take that exactly and put it in a review. And that's another tip I want to give you all. If somebody gives you a compliment about your product or your service or your book or your podcast, say, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Would you mind taking what you just wrote or what you just said and put it in a review in a testimonial? These are things because it drives sales. Amazon likes to see reviews and then it'll push it out to others. Amazon investors like to see loving testimonials from your audience. Those are stories that people are taking the time to tell. Like, you need to do this because it helped us. And that is even more valuable than you telling your story. 100%. Definitely. I'm going to write a recommendation on Amazon Books. Thank you. Uh, And how people can get in touch with you. So my website is DonnaGriffith.com. It's two Fs, one T, no H, not Melanie. (laughs) And also you can find Sticking to My Story on Amazon, Audible, and all the other big audiobooks. It's probably, I think it's probably like 40 different platforms. Um, So you can find it there. And yeah, I'm always happy to hear comments, requests. Uh, and anyone, of course, mentioning this podcast, um, tell me you heard me here. You get a special discount on any of my services. Right. <laughs>